Welcome to the Real Joy Community Fellowship Morning Dive, where we take a deeper dive into our weekly Bible studies. Welcome to the second episode of the Morning Dive. My name is Clark. I'm the Director of Education at Real Joy Community Fellowship. In last week's Bible study, we covered John chapter 10, where Jesus teaches an extended figure of speech that depicts depicts him as the good shepherd. I want to read part of that to introduce our topic for this deeper dive. John chapter 10 verse 25 through 30 says this. It says, I did tell you and you don't believe. Jesus answered them, the works that I do in my father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. In this passage, we see two things happening. The sheep recognize and respond to their shepherd's voice. And then we see that Jesus knows them. He knows who they are. And we can assume from this that those who are not part of Jesus' flock do not recognize his voice. That's all part of this big figure of speech that Jesus is teaching. And in relation to this passage, last Wednesday I shared a quote from Warren Wearsby that, that says this. It says, From the human standpoint, we become his sheep by believing but from the divine standpoint, we believe because we are his sheep. In the Bible, divine election and human responsibility are perfectly balanced. And what God has joined together, we must not put asunder. That quote prompted uh, the following question, which serves as our subject matter for this week's Deeper Dive. The question was, what do I think about predestination? Another member of the class shared that predestination um, and the beliefs over predestination tore a uh, former church he had belonged to, just tore it apart because people couldn't come to an agreement over predestination um, versus um, free will. So we're going to take a deeper dive into predestination. I'm going to do my best to keep it as close to 10 minutes as possible. But I think it, it, it builds on to our Bible study from last Wednesday. So my short answer to the question about predestination is that it is a biblical concept. And anyone who chooses to deny or ignore it has to ignore an awful lot of scripture to do so. Too often, though, what we do, what we do is we tend to put ourselves in one of two camps. And either we fall into the camp that God predestines every minute detail of our lives, like what kind of cereal are we going to eat in the morning, and what kind of pants are we going to put on, what tennis shoes I'm going to wear. And we, we believe that there's so much predestination that there's zero room for free will. We might call this view hyper-Calvinism in theological circles. The second camp is we bury our head in the sand, we ignore a lot of scripture, in, in scripture and we pretend that predestination isn't a biblical concept. In this case, we often deny the very sovereignty of God, and we have to ignore a lot of scripture just to get to that view. 
the truth is we see predestination and free will depicted throughout scripture. Romans 8, 29 and 30 says that for those God foreknew, he also predestined, predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Ephesians 1, 5, 11 says that he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. I'm not paraphrasing. The word predestined is in scripture. It says he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and in will, his will. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Meanwhile, in scripture, we also see examples of choice and free will. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, clearly teaches that there is a human responsibility of choice. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in, and in faithfulness. Put away the gods your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is taking a stand. He is making a choice and he is demanding that others do the same. I believe it's in Acts chapter 5. We see husband and wife Ananias and Sapphira sell some property and they're lying to the church about the profits that they earned from that property. And Peter in Acts chapter 5 asks the wife, he says, why did you agree together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? In essence, what Peter is asking her is, why did you choose to do this? Sometimes our choices have grave consequences, but we still have the choice. See, the truth is predestination is a biblical concept. However, so is the responsibility of choice. See, God employs his predestination in a way that does not violate our freedom of choice or our free will. Only God could set that into motion. Honestly, it kind of blows my mind when I think about it. We don't have to pick either predestination or free will. It's not an either or situation. It's a both and situation. We can have both through God's sovereignty and God's grace. It's his will that we would all come to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, but not by compulsion. It's a beautiful situation that only God could create, and that's why we have a hard time understanding it. Now, does this all mean that we have the free will to do whatever we want, however we want? Absolutely not. To understand how free will, biblically defined free will and predestination work together, we may need to modify our definition of free will just a little bit. It doesn't mean we have the power to choose whatever we want. 
It means that we have the power to choose whatever we want within the restrictions of God's sovereignty, within the boundary of God's sovereignty. I had a college professor who explained it this way. He said, picture the gridiron of a football field. You are free to pick up the ball and run whichever direction you want, north, south, east, or west. But the second you step out of bounds, the ref blows the whistle and puts the ball back into play. Or if you commit a penalty, what happens? The ref throws a flag and then he corrects your behavior. Our freedom of choice works within God's sovereignty the same way. We are free to make our own choices within the confines of his sovereignty. And the second we step out of bounds, he corrects it. If you would consider Jonah, the prophet Jonah, God instructed him to go to Nineveh. And Jonah made the choice to be disobedient and he ran in the opposite direction. How did that work out for him? God blew the whistle in the form of a giant fish. And then he put the ball back in play. Jonah wound up in Nineveh anyway. He had the freedom to make his choices, but only within the boundaries of God's sovereignty. Now, some will argue that the concept of predestination makes evangelism a moot point. There's no need to share the gospel with anyone if God's already predestined those who are going to heaven, right? Wrong. If nothing else, understand that Jesus commands us to share the gospel with the Great Commission. To not do so would be disobedience. Furthermore, God may know who he is predestined to eternal salvation, but we don't. That's, that's information that's above our pay grade. So while we have the opportunity, while we're here, we better keep telling people about Jesus. I'm going to add one final thought about free will. The one thing you can't choose for yourself is heaven. There's only one way there, and that's through the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm going to close on a quote from Charles Spurgeon, who, by the way, believed in predestination and was one of the, the, the biggest evangelists in history. And listen to what he says. He says, free will carried many a soul to hell, but never a soul to heaven. I'm going to let you chew on that quote, and I hope you have a great week, and I will see you next week. You can see us on the web at real-joy.org. You'll see our sermons online. You'll see our activities calendar there. Come out and join us in person. We would love to have you. Have a great week, everybody.